If you have your Bibles, open up to Acts again. I'm going to be going back where I was at last Sunday on the church making an impact for Christ. And, and that's my prayer. I see God moving in a lot of hearts in this church, in a lot of families. God is making an impact not only in your lives because I've had many a phone calls this week and people come by my office and talk and, and God is really, and every one of them has the same story. You know, we had some come up for baptism and we're going to have baptism here in just a little bit. Uh, Miss Tara Wetford called me this week and felt like God was laying on her heart she wanted to be baptized and she's going to be baptized here at the end of service. And then Cody, where's Cody? Cody got saved two weeks ago and he's going to be baptized next Sunday. And, uh, and we've been doing this the last three or four weeks. And a lot, God, a lot of people have been stepping up in the church saying, Brother George, I believe God is leading me to do this or wants me to be a part and helping this. And this is God's Spirit and His voice speaking to our church body. Amen? This is how He gets His voice across. And, and, and as I told my class this morning, God is speaking every Sunday to us. Amen? I mean, whether it's through song service or something in Sunday school or through the preaching of God's Word, God is speaking. But for God to really be real in our lives, we have to respond. I mean, we can see in God's Word how powerful He is and how much of an impact He makes on people's lives in God's Word. We see it on other families and other churches. If God's going to continue to make an impact in our church, we've got to respond to Him. When God convicts, and I, and I know some of y'all sitting there saying, well, Brother George, you, I don't have a gift. I can't be used in church. I can't do this. I, I, don't, I can't sing like Tim. I can't preach like you. I can't play an instrument like Rick. I can't do children like Jamie. I can't do the youth. You know what? God give us gifts, but we all serve the same God. Amen. Amen. He's the gifter. And that's who we serve today. And to make an impact for Jesus, I love this church in Acts. How they made an impact when, when Barnabas came and walked into this church. The first thing he's seen is the church was alive. And that's very hard to find today in a church. <laughs> a church that is alive. That is on fire. That, that is like, that's, sometimes that's an oxymoron, amen, a live church. It's like they're hard to feel. It's like we just come in and sit down and take up an offering and hear a sermon and, and go home. But God wants so much more out of us than just giving our offering. Amen? God wants you to give our time and our time. He wants your time. He wants your talents. He wants you for His kingdom work to make an impact. Everyone in here has a family that needs Jesus. You have a friend that needs Jesus. Everybody here knows someone that, that, that you could bring to church with you. Amen? Look, in, can you go to that Tina in Acts? Look what happened here in the book of Acts. Starting in verse 19, it says, Now, those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, preaching the word to no one but the Jews only. But some of them were men from Cyprus and Cyrene, who when they had come to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists preaching to the Lord Jesus. The hand of the Lord, I love verse 21, the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Now that's an alive church. When people are being added, people are being saved, they're being baptized, people are stepping up, using their gifts, when the church is being, when God is adding to His church body. It says, when he came and seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them with all purpose of heart that they should continue with the Lord. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord. Then Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was there for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Isn't that amazing? A live church. God was moving, doing great things. And they, they, they pinned this on them. The disciples were called Christians. To mean Christ-like. So if you're a Christian, I think God wants us to be alive. Amen? He wants us to enjoy our relationship with Him. He wants you to enjoy church. Church shouldn't be a place that you come and fall asleep. You might not go to sleep here. I hope not. I just walk over and stomp real loud. 
I did that one time in my first church I was at. There was a man, and it wasn't his fault. He worked graveyard, and he and hey, bless him. He worked graveyard and came to church. There's a lot of people who get a good night's sleep and don't even come to church. Amen. And and he worked graveyard, and I didn't know that at the time. And 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 I was up and down this little country church, up and down preaching back and forth. I mean, he wasn't just doing this; he was gone. And if you can stay gone while I'm preaching for 15 minutes, you gone. And so I kept going back and forth, and I love his response. I was back and forth preaching, and he was right there, and I went over to the side, and I said, Amen! And he goes, Amen, Brother George, Amen. <laughs> he didn't know what was going on. He put his hand up and said, Amen, Brother George, Amen. <laughs> but I love this church here that they sent. It was so much of... So much activity and things happening. They sent Barnabas from Jerusalem and said, Hey, go check his church out. Great things. God's Spirit is moving his church. Go see what they're doing, Barnabas. And when Barnabas walked in the doors the first Sunday, I love this. this now, Barnabas was a Jew and these were Gentiles worshiping. When he walked in, I guarantee you the church worshiped different than he was used to. They even dressed different than he was used to. But when he walked in, it says that he could see God upon the people. He said, man, the grace of God is on this place. Man, their worship was alive. People were, they actually smiled when they came to church. They wasn't just uh, all sitting there and soured up. But see, it's more than just emotions. We got to realize that God has got some spiritual disciplines that He wants us to get in place in our lives. So we can enjoy Him. Amen? Now listen, I love coming in and having a good time and I love seeing people shout and I love everything that goes on with it. I want God to be free in Pleasant Hill. Amen? Yes, we are Baptists, but we are free Baptists. Amen? <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with being in a church where the Spirit is free. As a matter of fact, you can't have church where the Spirit is not free to move. If you have... If you have deacons or if you have a preacher, you have people in the church that, that, that are grieving the Holy Spirit. Amen? That's what it means when you stifle the Holy Spirit. It means to grieve Him. And to grieve Him is like you're turning your back upon God. It's like you're turning away. He may be, he may be wanting to work. He may be wanting to move in the church, but we, we, we will not let our traditions allow the Spirit to move. We just... Here's the biggest saying in the church. We ain't never done that before. They had neither on the day of Pentecost. Amen? And Paul, Peter preached and over 5,000 were saved. That had never happened either. God is always wanting to do new and fresh things. And so when the church has the people of God, the Word of God, and the Spirit of God, We'll impact and make disciples. But you can't have one without the other. You've got to have the Word and the Spirit. That's why Jesus told His disciples and the woman at the well, worship Me in spirit and in truth. You have to have both. You can't have all spirit. Amen? You can't have all just Word. You've got to have both to see God change lives and continue to change His church. Don't be... And listen, let me put all this in there. Don't be afraid to worship. Amen? I know some of y'all have come from churches and little churches. Like if, 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 I mean, the only time somebody raised their hand was swatting the walls. Amen? I remember growing up. I remember this. I remember, and, this, and I grew up in a quiet Baptist church. I mean, there was no hand clapping. Unless somebody just said, everybody give him a clap, then they would clap. But nobody did it in response to worship. And this is what's so cool about Pleasant Hill is we respond to worship. Respond to what the Holy Spirit is doing in your heart. And I remember this time in this little church, my, my cousin got saved that night. Brother Leroy Hill was preaching. I think he's doing even a revival. And, he, and, and, and my cousin came down the aisle and got saved. And my, my grandma used to sit right over here and she had plenty of Vincent in her because she was loud. And I heard her go, And I remember I was sitting way back here and I, and I heard that scream before. I knew that was Granny. Amen. I knew I wasn't in trouble. And I thought, good Lord, she got stung by a wall up there or something. <laughs> something has happened to her. But it wasn't. She just had the freedom, no matter what people thought. Hey, God said shout, let's shout. But also, now listen, following the Spirit is when God says be quiet. Be quiet. 
See, a church service ain't all about loudness. The louder we get, the more... that. That's not because you're louder, there's more spirit. When you follow Him in spirit and truth, you know when to be quiet. You know when to shout. You know when to be reverent. You know when God's calling you to do this and to do this. You know without a doubt it's God because you're following Him in spirit and truth. Amen? And we need to continue. And I believe this church at Acts was following the Holy Spirit. Because, listen, when God adds to the church, that means the people are following the Holy Spirit. We are doing what God has commanded us to do. In, it's called equipping, and in this church is getting better equipped. Go to Mark chapter 119. I love this verse as I was studying the word equipped this week. There's a verse in Mark chapter 119 that Jesus come upon the disciples and they, were, they had their nets and they were out stretching their nets across the shoreline. They, had a, they were through fishing for the day. And they were cleaning the nets. But look what it says. It says, And when he had gone a little farther there, he saw James the son of Zebedee and John his brother who were also in the boat. And here it is, mending their nets. Jesus walked up on Peter, James, and John and he sees them mending their nets. They're sitting down on the shoreline and they're mending. they got a hole in their net because when they threw their nets out, they got snagged on a stump or a piece of metal on the bottom of the ocean. And as they pulled it up, it ripped their net and caused a big hole. So with the big hole in their net, how many of y'all ever tried to dip... Hey, bass fishermen, how many of y'all ever tried to dip net a bass with a hole that big around in your dip net? Where's Crumpton at? Where's Larry Vaughn? You got a hole in your net? No. If I was fishing with them and Larry had a 7.5 pounder coming to me and I says, Larry, I'll dip it for you. And I grabbed that dip net and started to stick it in and it had a hole that big around the He'd say, don't you dip that fish with that net. Why not? It's a net. He said, it's got a hole in it. This is a prize. I want to keep this prize. This is a big fish. You've got to have a net that doesn't have a hole in it. And a lot of our churches are having church, but our nets are having holes in them. Amen? Our nets have holes in them from tradition to doing it, not even biblically, just doing what we think is right and we got holy nets. <laughs> Amen? And I'm talking real holes. And so, as he came upon them, that word mending there means, uh, cartotismos, it means to equip. It means to mend. They were mending their nets so they could have a catch. They're not going to throw their nets out there with holy nets. Well, we got two today and that's it. They're throwing out there to catch fish. So they would mend their nets and, and take care of all the holes, patch all the holes up. They didn't throw them out there to catch metal off the bottom or who had the biggest fish or who's got the biggest boat. That's not why they were fishing, amen? They wasn't fishing to, to, to put trophies on the wall. They were fishing to catch fish. The church in the same... We are casting our nets today. We're fishing for men. Lost souls, lost families, families that need to be healed by the Spirit of God. That's why we go to church every Sunday. Because when we leave here today, somebody's going to be throwing their nets. And depending on how we impact this community depends on what, how good a shape our nets are in. You say, well, what are you talking about our nets? Every time you use your gift and step up for God, you're casting your net in this church. But when you sit back in this church and say, somebody else can do it. I don't care, Brother George. They're better than me. Let them do it. I'm just coming to hear you preach. You are throwing a holy net out there. And you wonder why God's not moving in your life, in your family. You don't know why, why He does such good things over here in their life. Their, their marriage, man, I can just feel God when I'm around them. It's because you've got to mend your net. And the only thing that can mend your net is the Word of God. Amen? The Word of God is what mends our nets. Listen, the Word of God, if you'll get in the Word of God, it'll heal your broken heart. It'll heal your hurting heart. It'll heal your marriage. You say, Brother George, I want to step up and do something for God. Then start mending. Amen? Amen. I'm preaching a lot better than y'all's letting on, man. It's good. Mend. If you want to see God move in your life, start mending your nets. If you want to see God move in your kids and your marriage, then do something about it instead of staying at home. That's, I'm, I can't say no plainer than that. Never open our Bibles. Never rely. Only time we go to God is when help. 
God, I'll never do it again if you'll just help me this one time. We got a lot of 991 callers in here, amen? Help! God doesn't want you to be a Christian and a child of God that's always hollering, Help! He wants you to live your lives with a mended net. So when you mend your net and you're in the Word, and listen, if you're saved, live like it. Because see, here's the deal in most churches. And I'm going to be honest, there's a lot of people say they're saved in the church. But I'm telling you, there's a lot of lost church members in the churches today. They're lost. Because when you're truly saved, and the Holy Spirit's inside of you, you can't sit back, sit down, or you say, well, Brother George, we sinned? Well, salvation don't make you perfect. Amen? There's only one perfect man, and that was Jesus Christ. But I tell you what salvation does when you accept Christ and the Holy Spirit's in you, and you still try to go back to where you was, the Holy Spirit said, listen, I've mended you. I've been, you've been mending and mending. Get back here. I've been mending your nets through my Word and my Spirit. I've been working on you for six months to turn your old ways and to come closer across. And He's going to keep tugging. As a matter of fact, He'll try to throw a net over you. But if we continue to go that way... And I had one guy tell me one time. Now here's an example. I said, listen, won't you come back to church? Well, I didn't know my church was... I didn't know my name was on the roll there anymore or nothing else. I, you know, I, I ain't been in church in 22 years. I said, do you care? Hey, I like my golfing on Sunday and this and this. And Listen, if you can continually do that and do that and do that, and there's no pulling and drawing of the Holy Spirit, you need to check your heart. You're just a church member, but you're a lost church member. Amen? You're a lost one. But if you feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit, Believe me, I had the biggest Holy Spirit around growing up as my dad. Amen? Man, I could hear Rick, the sound of his voice, determine how I was going to respond. Amen? When I heard him say, and I did something wrong, Levi, and I came out of the house, George William! It wasn't time to have a tea party. Get your butt in gear and let's roll. Amen? The big dog's calling. Let's go. You fixing to be a whole lot of trouble. And it wasn't no like, take your time. With, George William! Man, I'm coming, Dad. Stop off and see something here. Oh, it caught my attention. I'm telling you what, if I didn't go to him, he was coming to me. Amen? What took you so... So the voice of the Holy Spirit, God is our Abba. He's our Daddy. He's not going to let His children dab around where they shouldn't be without saying, George William! He's going to speak to us. Make it, see, before we can make an impact, we've got to mend our nets. We've got to mend our nets in this church body. If somebody has hurt you in this church or did whatever, you need to mend the net. I, I just don't believe a person as a child of God can keep going on and on and trying to serve. It's like hitting a brick wall and a brick wall and a brick wall until you end that net. With your children, with your mom, with your parents. Personally at home, maybe even with your wife. I don't believe a husband and wife, and I know y'all never do this. I'm just, you know... What if? <laughs> Amen? What if this happened to you on the way? Say you come to church, and I know this don't happen to Christians, it don't happen to saved people, but what if? You got, man, the de how many of y'all ever get on ready for a Sunday and the devil's fighting you? I mean, from the time you get up to the time you get to church. I'm glad it's not just me. But then you get in the car and things go wrong and then you get in the car and then you say something to your wife that was or she said, you know, and all of a sudden y'all's in a fight on the way to church. <gasps> what if? <laughs> what if? 
you know, and, and you argue all the way here, and then the kids say something, and then, then you're into it with the kids in the back seat on the way here. And then you're back and forth, and you get into church, and then all of a sudden we get holy when we walk in the door and go to Sunday school. <laughs> but then we expect until, listen, I truly believe we've got to mend that net before the Holy Spirit will speak to us and draw us close. We've got to mend that net before we go into His Holy of Holies and just worship. Amen? How many of y'all agree? It don't matter. I'm going to keep preaching it anyway. Because it's truth. I think you need to mend that net with you and God and your wife. Say, listen, we got off on a bad foot. It's wrong. We're going into God's house to worship. I want His Spirit to move. He's got something special for me. Speaking to me today. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Make up. Come on, God. Amen? But a lot of us come into church angry. Come to church mad. We come into church with something against somebody when you walk in. They looked at me wrong. They're mad at me. I know they're going to. Uh, the devil is making up a whole lot of stories in your mind. You need to get rid of them. Amen. Half the stuff you're dreaming up is because of the devil. It ain't never happened yet. So we need to mend our nets. To be equipped for God. Listen, to be a church equipped, ready to handle the Spirit of God, we got to mend our own hearts. Amen. Come on, God. This must be hitting home today. You've got to mend your heart, and you can't do it, but you've got to place yourself in position and say, God, I'm sorry. I want to surrender you today. I'm tired of living, walking, and doing church out of my flesh. But I want to be a church that's led by the Spirit, Spirit-motivated, taught by the Word of God, and when they both clash, it's Spirit and truth, and it's great. It's like an explosion inside of your heart. When the Word and His Spirit comes together, He starts changing your life. He starts changing your thoughts. He starts, people start stepping up in the church. Listen, conviction is not just for lost folks to be saved. Conviction is for the child of God so the Spirit and truth can collide. When you, when the Spirit, and, and I know there's a lot of people in here, I preach on Sunday after Sunday, and the Spirit and the truth have hit you, boom! And God, I mean, it's like, man, God's trying to pry your hands off back his blue chair. I can tell you, some of y'all got the white knuckle syndrome. <laughs> Amen? Maybe that's why a lot of them were leaving during imitation after I got through preaching. Because they know it's time. There's a, it's always a great time to listen to the Word of God. But God always says, now it's time for us to respond. It's time for us to do some mending. And we've got to learn how to mend. And God's Spirit will be stronger and stronger in this church. And that was all for free. That wasn't even in my notes. That's free. It's pretty good. Remember last week I talked about vision. Go back. We've got to have vision. Amen? you got to pray. When's the last time you prayed, God, give you something? Lord, put something on my heart. I'm not going to get on vision again, but here it is with vision. When God gives you vision, you need to start right where you're at. I remember when we came, when I came to this church, I remember, y'all remember in the old building? We had the old computer paper. And there'd be little sheets and we'd tape them together. And I mean, we had that dude stretched out about as wide as this stage right here, taped all the way across the top of the, the old church in the sanctuary, it said, people without a vision will perish. You say, well, that's pretty corny putting up... Com that computer paper saved a lot of people. That computer paper saved a lot of people. It got a lot of people going in the right direction. They're still in this church today because of it. Because you've got to start where you're at. Well, Brother George, I'm waiting until my finances get... No. Well, I'm waiting until our marriage gets right. Then I'm going to get in church and get going. No. It's kind of like you hear couples say all the time, how long have you been married? Uh, Ten years. Y'all got any children? No, we're waiting until we can afford them. <laughs> Same way with God. If, God. if you could afford it, you wouldn't need God. He wants us to rely on Him every step of the way, calling upon Him for every direction we need. 
And then He'll supply all of our needs. He's not going to supply us. He's like, here, take the bank. Have a good time. Build a church. See you later. He wants us to rely on Him and He'll always, listen church, if we will be obedient and mend our nets and be equipped and go after God and respond to God, He will continue to bless this church body. Amen. Amen. He'll send people. He'll send finances. He'll send whatever. Listen, God is not never going to run out of resources. He is the Lord God and He changes not. He can do anything He wants to do. Amen? So I want to look at that verse again where He went in. It says, And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. The news of these things came to the early church, to the church in Jerusalem. Barnabas went there, and when he had seen the grace of God, he was glad. It ought to make you excited and glad to see churches growing. And I'm not even talking about Pleasant Hill. Other churches. I'm going to tell you what, there's some preachers really get on my nerves. They are territorial. I mean, they think it's us against them. I'm not against nobody. I'm for God. Man, if it's if the assembly of God across the street starts growing, and see, I didn't realize this when I started preaching. I thought all preachers held hands, some kumbaya. <laughs> Let's grow in the Lord and do it in the name of Jesus. And I... Man, I was just happy to be here at Pleasant Hill. 17, 18 and all. We was glad, wasn't we? It was a good day. We were glad to be here. And so, God did start blessing this church and we started growing. And I even had one preacher to go as far to say, and he was in his community, the church is in his community. Somebody visited one Sunday and they lived out where they lived. I can't tell too much. I'm, 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 I'm going to be online here. Y'all going to hear me on Facebook. So I don't want to give it all away. So I went and visited this family out where they lived. Whew. I got my directions wrong. And so I went and visited them, thanked them for being in church, didn't know them. But I seen their visitor card and I had to visit somebody else in that direction. And so I went and visited them, went by and seen them. Well, this preacher found out in this church that I had visited him. And he says, Brother George, I need to talk with you. And I said, sure, brother, what you got? Man, I thought he wanted to go have lunch. Somebody wanted to have lunch. Another preacher. He said, uh, yeah, he said, I just want to let you know you're overstepping your boundaries. Uh, them people you went, I heard you went and visited a couple. They're only like two miles from our church. And I said, when did God put in His Word boundaries? Amen? Okay, Pleasant Hill, you can't go but 2.5 miles up 70 West. 2.5 miles to town. 2.5 miles to roll. And don't get out of that circle. And I told him that. And I, I just said in a real preacher-like fashion, you're crazy. Amen? You gotta be holy. Isn't it amazing how churches compete against each other? They get upset when another church is growing and they're not. Guys, we're not in God's kingdom work for that. And if Pleasant Hill ever gets to that attitude in this church, God will pull his spirit from this church and say, I will give it to somebody that will handle it better than you have. I don't care if they're assembly, Pentecostal. Whatever, up and down 70 West in our community, we need to support each other. Amen. Amen. Come on, guys. You bunch of old Baptists think you're the only ones going to heaven? And that's what a lot of churches believe. We've got the truth. We're the only ones. Everybody else, the, you know, they're not going to heaven like us Baptists are. Amen. I got news for you. If you're covered by the blood of Jesus, you are going to heaven. No name on a sign is going to keep you from heaven. So let's stop competing with each other. Well, they don't believe like we do. Well, of course not. If they did, they'd be down here with us. <laughs> Amen? 
But here's where the church has got. If they don't believe and they do different things in our church, we need to exclude them and not associate with them. That's wrong. And I've been... Listen, I've preached that since I started preaching. And I have got every name on the book because I just preached what I just said. And there is nothing that's not scriptural about none of it. The problem is, is people in churches are living in their tradition and their ways, but there's, not, there's a difference in tradition and Scripture. And a lot of the church today is living built off of their traditions and not mending off the God's Word. Allowing the Word to mend them and restore them. Here's another thing I think happened in this church, the reason they made an impact. And listen guys, we need to serve Jesus out of our hearts not because we feel like we're doing a favor. There's a big difference in serving as a favor and serving in your calling. Everybody in here, you step up and do what you do because God laid it on your heart. Well, I'm just doing it to help out Brother George. If you're doing it to help out Brother George, you're doing it for the wrong reason. Now, there's times I need help and you do need to step up. But if your whole motivation is to do it because of Brother George and not because God laid it on your heart, you're doing a favor and not a calling. Right. Amen? Amen? And I don't think this church at Antioch was doing favors. They were so excited. God was putting things on their heart. They were serving out of their heart. And listen, don't serve to get something in return. Amen. Oh, here's a big one. You know why? It's because we live out of heroic love. That's a, that's a human love. If you always live out of heroic love, that love always looks for something in return. But if we learn to live out of agape love like Jesus Christ did, He gave His life, it was a love that didn't ask for nothing in return. He gave it. You say, you mean Jesus died on the cross knowing that people were rejecting? Yes. But He gave His life as a ransom for many. Now does that mean everybody's going to accept Jesus? Probably not. If they didn't accept Him, there wouldn't be no need for a hell. Amen? So there is going to be people, but Jesus gave out of agape love. So don't do things in this church as a favor. Do it because God's calling you. And let me tell you, do it with a little bit of passion. There's nothing worse than see a bunch of church workers and working in the church and feel like they dread what they're doing. Oh, I've got to go up there and work with the kids today. <laughs> Amen. How would y'all like this if I'd have got up and I'd have walked into church today even though everything's backwards? That's pretty good. I'm going to preach from the back a while. Amen. But what if I'd have came into church and I'd have, boy, I'd have hopped up here and y'all see me just moving slowly and I'd get up here to the pulpit. Didn't wave, didn't shake no hands, just got up there and got ready to preach. If you would, open up God's Word today. We're going to try to make it through another service. Amen? That's how some preachers are. It's like it's killing them to preach about the man that died on the cross. I mean, it kills them to preach and to show passion. I just give out got ready to throw these people off the boat. Well, that church down at Pleasant Hills, all emotions, because George Vincent preaches down there and he's an emotional preacher. And you know what? I'm going to tell them next time I see them the Razorbacks are on, don't go to their house. They're an emotional people. The Razorbacks are playing. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. They're going to get loud and throw their popcorn. and They're going to holler at the TV. What are you talking about? Some of y'all do it. Y'all putting your heads down. I can tell. Some of y'all looking like, when's he going to quit? But don't get emotional. You know what that is? That's a strategy of the devil. 
we do not praise men in this church. We praise God that works through men. Amen. And the last thing is, God wants to work through everybody in here. Everybody. All of y'all in the back to the very front. God can work. I love, uh, did I give you Isaiah 55? Never doubt what God can do through you. Never. Y'all need to write that down. Put it on your fridge. Never doubt what God can do through you. I'm going to tell you a little secret of what happened when, when I came here while she's looking that verse up. When I came here and we started growing, some of y'all are still here. Remember when we built all this? Man, that was chaos, wasn't it? But it was a fun chaos. It was fun. Man, we had Tad had people up here working on the altars, people over here painting, people doing this. It was hard. We got tired. But it was so rejuvenating knowing that we was working for Jesus. And it was so thankful saying, God, look what you can do through us if we'll make ourselves available. You can build a church. Jesus said upon... I don't know why we doubted. Because Jesus said upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So never doubt what God can do through you. When we built this, and I remember when we first built this, we bought 180 chairs. Remember that? Y'all would have liked that then because the rows were about six foot apart. I mean, we only had 180, 150. We, had, we wanted three sections. We just made big rows. I mean, big ones. And I remember Doug, the first day that we had, me and Doug was talking. The first Sunday we had a... Um, remember when we had a, the group come in and sing? and We dedicated the building. I remember that morning me and Doug was talking. He remember this. And I, I went into his office and I said, Man, Doug, it was the first Sunday in here and all the classrooms back out of the way and the gym and everything down there. And I was going, we'll never have to build for 12 years. And Doug said, I believe you're right, Brother George. There's a lot of room in there. And right then, we were putting stipulations on what God could do. Because God said, I'm going to show you two preachers. I'm a little smarter than you are. You know them rows you got six foot apart? They fixing me a foot apart and in, in ten years, they're going to complain because it's hot in there. <laughs> and they're going to bump their knees when they get inside the chair and it's going to be crowded and people everywhere. Never doubt what God can do. The reason we doubt Him is because we think, we think to our own minds, but the Bible says faith is the something things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. And the right reason God don't move in our lives is we're too busy calculating everything up in our lives and our marriage, our church, our budgets. And this is how it's got to work right down to the T. And God says, where's faith at in there? <laughs> got to be some faith in there somewhere. Because you were saved by faith. Amen? How many were saved by faith? Alright, God wants you to live by faith. And that means to trust Him to do bigger things than you could ever do. And there's been times when I say, there's been times when God has put things on me and I go, I hope I can handle that. And God said in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, I've always made you a way of escape. I'll never put nothing on you, but I tell you what, it gets close sometimes, amen? But never doubt what God can do to you. What's the next one? I think I give you the wrong one. There we go. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways, my ways, says the Lord. That's why God is God and He does things and we're caught off guard. We can't even imagine what God wants to do to us. We can't even imagine what God wants to do in our church. And I truly believe we got a church here that I pastor that wants to see God move, wants to grow, please quit letting numbers scare you. If God's going to bless this church, get off of it. 
Well, it's getting too big down there. I can't go down there no more. You know why it's getting too big? Because you've got to work to get up to fellowship now. Amen? That means you've got to search yourself and be obedient when God calls. That means you've got to go out of your way to hug somebody. Well, they always used to come to me in the little church. <laughs> but that just gets on my nerves. Well, I, I liked it better when we was 50 and not 400. Well, because when you got 400, that means you've got to get up. <laughs> Amen? That means you've got to start responding to God. This can be a fellowship and loving church at four and five hundred. Amen? But it's kind of like your marriage. You've got to work at it. Amen? Boy, getting quiet in here now. I must have some fifties. That has scared this church to nothing. Two services. Oh, we can't do those services. I thought Easter went pretty well. Amen? Hey, y'all don't remember the two services we had for Easter? We had 370 people at 8.30 in the morning. Man, that was great. And then I figured out, they said, we're going early because he preaches long. we got to be home. <laughs> That's okay. You were here. For the second service, at 11, we had 275 people. Amen? I'm going to put this out there and I'm going to give invitation. For some of y'all that don't want two services, you are handcuffing God. Why are you saying that, Brother George? Because right now, financially, we cannot build the facility we need to house all the people that are coming here. I mean, if we built another building, we can't build a 500-seat sanctuary. Amen? That's good. We'd have to have at least a seven or 800 because I'm not going to do that again. Well, we'll never have to build again. <laughs> I'm not doing that no more. God done showed me once. But here's the deal. If we have two services, it's going to take more work. Oh yeah. It's going to take more time. Oh yeah. But God said none of it was real easy. He just said make ourselves available. But two services, it don't cost the church a dime. Well, it does. It costs your time. And our tithes and our offerings and our talents. But we don't have to build and we can still have 300 in the first service, 300 in the second. We got 600 people going and we didn't build a building. Amen. Amen. Oh, I never thought of it that way. Light bulb, come on. Thank Jesus. And we can keep going on and not let hindrances hold us back from impacting this community. Amen? And I know some of y'all saying, Brother George, you can't preach two services. <laughs> Watch me. <laughs> Amen? Watch me. Everybody says, he can't do it. Well, you need to have a little faith, and I need to have a little faith that God's going to guide, control, and strengthen. Amen? Amen? So where are you at in all of this I preached about? Where are you at in God's plan? What has God been convicting you about here lately? For some of us, it's just finding a church and being involved. That's got to be the first step. And then getting in the Word of God and just letting God speak to you if you're saved. If you're not saved, you need the first thing you need to do is get saved. Because <laughs> everything else doesn't matter until you know Jesus. You're just doing it out of the flesh. But when you come to know Christ... He's got so much for you and wants to do so much through you that you couldn't imagine. Well, I could never be... I'm going to tell you all, 20 years ago, you can ask Melvin, I said, I will never be able to stand in front of people and preach. That's not my calling. God said, I'm going to show you what your calling is. Now, now don't tell me. It, 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 I'm going to tell you, I fought him. I mean, I felt like Jacob and the angel. I got bumped and I got bruised. But I finally come to the end of my line where I had to kneel and say, Jesus, I, I surrender. I can't do it no more. I'm tired. 
mentally I'm tired, I'm stressed out, I'm tired physically. Putting a strain on my marriage. When, when I surrendered to preach about two hours before I went out back and surrendered to preach, Melvin said, I, we got in an argument, I believe, and I went outside. And I came back in, she goes, are we getting a divorce? <laughs> Remember that? Because we were at each other's throats and it wasn't, listen guys, it wasn't nothing because that good little woman right there. It's because I was fighting what God was trying to get George to do. And when, when you fight what God is trying to get you to do, you take it out on everybody else. Because you know you can't get to Him and control Him. And I said, no, we're not getting a divorce, ma'am. It's just God is putting something on my heart and I'm fighting Him and running from Him. And I'm getting tired and I'm tired and I'm tired of it. And I don't want to do it though. And she said, you know, if he's calling you to preach, you've got to do it. I said, I don't want to be like him preachers that come and go and get stomped on and the church treats them like dirt. I've seen it. They treat their kids and their families. Think they're better than everybody else and we're sinners saved by grace just like y'all. My boy's going to mess up just like your boy. Amen? And I said, I don't want none of that life, man. I've grown up in it. I've seen them come and I've seen them go. And, mm -mm. and so when I surrendered to preach, I thought, man, I'm going to be in the church two years and got to go. Two years, got to go. Two years, got to go. Because it's like, man, they're there two years. It's like we're just, it's like a circuit of preachers. You take my church, I'll take yours. Just go over here. And God showed me it don't have to be like that. Amen. I mean, I've been here going on 11 years. And God has never put nothing in my heart, Tim, even in an unction about going. And I've had calls from big churches, smaller churches. And I never one time... You can ask Doug. He knows my heart and he knows it more than anybody. And I said, God, Doug, I'm here where God wants me till He calls me away or the rapture happens or the church runs me off. There's nothing wrong. Listen, it takes more than two years to build a church. Amen? And so, what are you running from this morning? What have you been wrestling God about? I'm going to tell you from experience, it's never going to get no better until you finally surrender and say, God, I'm tired of running. Because He's going to continually go after you. Go after you. It may not be preaching. It may be saved this morning. There may be someone in here that's never accepted Christ as their Savior. He's going after you and make the decision. Go. There may be some in here for baptism. Maybe some that God said, man, this is a church for you. This is where your family needs to go. And He's saying, go. It may be for some of us, some of y'all been coming here for years but you really hadn't got involved with this church. Can I let you know a little secret? It's not the church's fault. Amen? It's not because we've got bigger. It's because you haven't responded. And I'm going to be honest, the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, when you respond, when I responded that day and I went out back of my house and I knelt down in the woods off of Ragweed Valley... Went out in the woods and that tree is still there. I was going to take a, I'm going to take a picture of that tree one day. And I'm going to show you all on the screen where I was saved, but I truly gave my heart and soul to God again. In a calling at the base of that tree out in the woods. And I remember getting up and leaving there and walking back up to the house where Mevlin was. And I'm telling you all, it felt just like I'd been saved again. I was renewed and free. It's like all the burdens were cast off. I was, man, the chains, I was free. I didn't know where I was going, what I was going to do, but I knew I was free. I don't have to run from God. Me and His friends now. We didn't have to fight. Because I surrendered to His will and His way. Where are you at this morning, church? Are you tired of wrestling with God? 
All you got to do is just give it to him. Amen. Let's all stand quietly. Tim, y'all come. We're gonna, I know we're going to we're gonna do two altar calls in one service. But I just feel like God is speaking to somebody in here this morning. He's wanting Pleasant Hill. Listen, God is doing great things in our church. Let's keep responding to His call. Amen. Keep responding to Him. God has gifted you. He has put something inside of you and He's trying to work it out. Just respond to Him this morning. Father, we love You this morning. Lord, I pray that Your Spirit will have Your way in this service. Whatever decision needs to be made in this service, Lord, I pray that You would just, by Your Spirit, just push them. Because, Lord, there's a lot of chains in our lives that have to be broken. And we can be in church every Sunday and be chained down. But, Lord, I pray today through Your Spirit that You'll mend our nets so we can make an impact in this community. We'd be a church. When people walk in this church, they can sense the presence of God before any word is spoken. Through the worship and through the preaching and through the fellowship and the hearts of the people. Lord, they know this church is about You. And Your presence is here. Lord, I just pray You have Your way in this altar call. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. Come this morning as they play, as they sing. If God's laid something on your heart, whatever it may be, I don't know that. Only God knows. But don't walk out one more day wrestling with God. But come, let Him break them chains. Amen.